Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Joelle Jones, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Joelle. So welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, with here with Joel Jones. Coach JoJo, what's up? Good morning, good morning. What's going on? Oh, man, you know, just like I was telling you earlier, just uh, starting my day. Uh, got out of the gym, was up about 3.45 this morning. Um, I'm out, I'm blessed, I feel great. Endorphins are kicking in. Um, yeah, feeling good. You? Yeah, same here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always good. Well, you're going to work out anyways later today because you're going to be training a bunch of kids and, and a bunch of pros and whatever yeah. you're doing. So that's a that's a workout in itself. Is that correct? Definitely, for sure. On my feet uh, about seven, eight hours a day, man. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's so. let's dive right in real quick. Um, you know, let's uh let's dive in with your uh, growing up South Bay, playing some basketball. Um. Can you give my listeners uh, a little insight in your uh, basketball life? Well, um, I started off playing baseball um, as a kid and wasn't really too crazy about basketball. My, my, my friends in like 7th and 8th grade, um, we used to walk to the rec center. Um, that's what we used to do. We, there was no thing, such thing as workouts back then. I walk to the rec center and just play all day. Um, sit around, drink soda, um, eat free lunch at the rec center during the summertime. And um, we used to just play pickup all the time, all the time. And I was I was really small um, when I was young. Actually, ninth grade, I was about like five seven, five eight. Um, playing a lot of basketball with my friends wasn't really that good. Uh, was decent, but wasn't really too crazy about basketball. And actually, you know what? When Michael Jordan retired, when I was in seventh grade, I stopped playing basketball. So I stopped playing basketball for like a year, a year and some change. And then all of a sudden, he came back. And it's crazy thinking back at it, like how. team. 
So it's literally, it's literally, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a, it's, it's a process that people have to go through. Yeah, you always don't get. You know what I mean? Oh no, um, I was, I was just gonna uh, ask that. Um, you kind of uh, took over that, which is good. Um, I was gonna ask you, you know, with develop, with developing kids at such a young age, you know, because you're a skills trainer, and um, now you're also you also coach uh, your own program as well. But you do more of the skill training and stuff like that. And then you see all these kids with you being an assistant coach and, you know, coaching over at Saints. And I, I don't know, are, are you still there this this upcoming season? No, no, okay. no, no. I decided to walk away. I'm trying to go back to school and get my degree. Okay, and that's fine. But, you know, you being there and doing that, you know, for a few years, I, I noticed mm-hmm. I, got, I got parents constantly asking me, my kid needs to do this, my kid needs to do that. They need to be more with this trainer here, there. And I'm just like, just like what you just said in your small story, mm-hmm. I say the same thing. I go, look, growing up, there wasn't skill trainers for us. No. I mean, if we no. wanted to work on our handles, if we seen uh, Allen Iverson or we saw Gary Payton hit a nice crossover, we just try to perfect it ourselves from what we saw on television. Or we try sure. to work on it in the backyard school grounds against a friend mm-hmm. here and there. That's how you got better. Yeah. Um, yeah. number one, number two, I believe, like you just said, I was the same way. I mean, I played JV basketball as a freshman, didn't play very much as a sophomore. I was able to play on a, a very low level high, uh, varsity basketball team. They weren't very good. Our junior year, we were a lot better. I was starting to play more. My senior year, I played a lot, but I try to tell parents all the time. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. If you make it a yep. sprint for your kids, they're going to quit. They're going to get burnt out. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you see it. Um, you see it like when when kids are at home. Um, you know, I ask the kids, like, have you guys been doing anything at home? And they say yes. They say no. Most of them are honest. But you can see it. Um, and I think when they get home, they don't want to do, they don't want to do anything because just they feel that pressure uh, maybe from their parents. Um, maybe from social media, they have to be at a certain level, at a certain age, because they're watching uh, Lamelo Ball. They're watching, um, you know, guys like that, like you know, a lot of Ball's Life stuff and overtime stuff. Um, and so they feel they get these pressures that, that we didn't have. So we have to understand where they're coming from as kids. So we can't be so frustrated with them as trainers or coaches. Um, so we have to actually just help them through the process because maybe they get pressure from their parents too. Um, I just remember being at home, and I had a walk-in closet, and I had a little, and in the living room I had a little area, I had a little bit of tile, and then the rest was carpet. And my goal was to make sure the ball doesn't get on the rug, or in the closet was make sure the ball doesn't hit the walls. And those little goals every day. And actually, my mom had a stepper, and I used to jump off and on. I used to do calf raises, and I was obsessed about dunking um, and jump soles and strength shoes and stuff like that. The kids don't know what that is now, um, <laughs> but. Those little goals every day um, help me, and you know, frustration, kind of just going through every single emotion of just being frustrated, being happy, and then that's why I try to provide for kids. It's like I understand what you're going through. Um, it's not easy. Um, most kids don't know how to handle frustration. Uh, just got to breathe and stay stay loose and not get so tense and and just kind of not be overwhelmed. So um, it's it's a little it's it's kind of sad sometimes to see kids just kind of. Sometimes you're training kids and you're just trying to help them not quit because of how frustrated they are. Right. And, I, I mean, I, I it's funny because 
you 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 see like what parents are going through, what kids are going through, and then you hear these coaches like my son plays on two teams, like he plays for me and he plays for another team, and they 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 hype up these kids at this age like oh they need to be doing this they need to be doing that look at this kid look at that kid and i'm like yeah but certain kids have a certain athleticism at a, at an age like yeah. say you're 11 or 12 and your athleticism is is higher than uh-huh. your your peer than your friend that doesn't mean your friend in the ninth or 10th grade isn't going to surpass you he just hasn't yeah he just hasn't gotten that footwork. He hasn't gotten that speed. He hasn't had the mind, uh, his brain to to click with his legs to be able to jump higher than two or three inches in, in a little bit yeah. of hang time. But he'll get there. doesn't mean he's not ever going to get there because he's not there at 12. I yeah. just – I don't like that pressure. I see it from coaches. I see it from parents. And, you know, because I used to be really hard on my son. On, and I, I think – in the last year, maybe a year and a half, I've backed down um, yeah. on that part. Because I, I get that. Because I don't think I was athletic at 12. I think I was more athletic yeah. going into my sophomore year where I was able mm-hmm. to jump. I was able to shoot better. was able to handle the rock. I was able to see the court, you know, slow the game down and, and have a good court, mm-hmm. court awareness. Um, I, and I think that's a little tough at, at this age where – you know, they want to take kids to Vegas at 12 years old. They want to take them to Texas, and they want them to take them to all these these great tournaments. And they say, oh, well, you know, I, you know, we, we played the number one team in the nation last week. And I'm like, who, well, who said that? Because was every team yeah. there? How do yeah. you know there wasn't a team from Louisiana or from right here in the South Bay that has enough of good kids? They just, parents can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, well, about a year and a half ago, or no, actually, yeah, about two years ago, um, I got certified through FIBA um, when I was in Puerto Rico when I retired. So I had to get certified as a coach, and um, it was a two-day course, and each each day was about eight hours, seven, eight hours. So we ran through, um, we went through a lot of things, and a lot of the, you know, we had speakers, you know, coaches from different countries come in, and coaches from the country come in, um, national team coaches, and you know, professional coaches, and. On the paper, I've never been saying that not every kid is the same. You can't expect a kid to do a certain movement just because off of genetics, um, you know, different hip, different hips, and you know, just different bodies. Every everybody's different, so you can't ex- expect a kid to, to move a certain way. It's like you can't expect a kid, uh, you know, a white kid to move like a, a inner city black kid because they're just totally different. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so those are the expectations that we cannot put on the kids because it frustrates them and they'll, they'll be constantly comparing it themselves with people and then and that just leads to just disaster and just them quitting the sport and then maybe even being depressed for the rest of their lives, you know, always having a chip on their shoulder or being, or having, you know, just having a complex about not being good enough. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at it further than that because it's basketball now, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because what, what what we're teaching kids through basketball anyways is life lessons. You know, you, you want to be a hard worker. You want to be a go-getter. Um, you know, not, nothing nothing comes easy. You know, teamwork is, is big, you know. You, you, you can't you, – I mean, yeah, people can have a lot of success on their own, but it's better to do it as a team. Um, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great things you can learn from the game. 
And it's like one thing I tell my son. Like, my son, he, he's a good dribbler. He's not a great dribbler because he doesn't put in the time or the effort to to want to be a, a crazy ball handler. And, and that's okay. Um, but one thing I do tell him, I say, hey, man, get better every single day. A little bit. Not a lot. Yeah. You know, if you, if, if you just go yeah. outside for 25 minutes and – and dribble a little bit, maybe take a couple of a layups here and there, hard of the hoop, a couple of jump shots, you know, 100 jump shots mm-hmm. here and there. That, that's great. But one thing that he is he's starting to, to buy into is his shooting. He he gets mm-hmm. lost. He puts in his little ear, ear pods and, and plays his music, whatever he wants to jam out to, and he'll come inside, and I could tell he's been working. I, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, man, I, you know, I just shot, you know, about 300 shots. Well, how many did you make? Oh, I made about 160. Okay, hey man, good enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go, man. You got a little bit better today. There you go. Good job, you know. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they need to do it on yep. their own. Like I'm getting to the point yeah. where I see how his shooting is, and sometimes if he's shooting from the hip, you know, I'll have to go out there and recorrect it for a few days. But sometimes you just gotta let them venture out on their own and, and figure it out. Am I right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. My, my son is six, and uh, he's playing like this little kid's basketball league at the facility. And um, he's not really too crazy about it. I, I, I asked him if he wants to pick for basketball. And he's like, no. I'm like, all right, cool. So, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter if he plays basketball to me. If he plays baseball, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. But um, whatever he wants to do, play soccer. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I decided not to just, I just stay hands off. And, like, as long as he's happy and he's healthy, I'm good. Right. Yeah. So. I, I'm the same way, you know. Um, I'm a big believer in the whole uh, – mental part of the game and mental awareness and mental fatigue um and i see that with kids i see it in my son where he has doubt because like i said he has the he has coaches in his ears saying well this kid's doing this and this kid's doing that and and look how and it's like but you're maybe he's not ready and he's not there in the athletic part of it that doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player so why are you saying that He's not great right now because that's how he's taking it. You get what I mean? Yeah. And that that yeah, to me yeah. it, it bothers me because you know you don't want them hanging. Do you want them? You don't want their head hanging down all day. You feel bad. Yeah. Like, at least I do as a parent, and I I look at him and it's like I can't help but keep hugging the kid every every few minutes or every hour that I see him because I could I could tell in his his mind's racing, and it's uh-huh. that's not cool, man. It, it's just yeah. it's it's. It's a, and, it's, a, it's a tough thing. I, I see it every, you know, every week. I, I pretty much see about maybe 75 to 100 kids. Right. So I, I see the roller, I see the motion of roller coasters. You know, like if he's having a bad day and, I, and, I'll, and I'll, you know, talk to the parent, like, is he okay? And they'll, they'll say something. They're pretty much, they open up and they kind of get a little personal with me, which is a good thing. I think, you know, it's not too much. Not reveal too much, but yeah, let you know me know what's going on. Maybe I can help because sometimes, as a as a parent, you can't reach your kid. You know what I mean? You kind of and you want to so bad. Sometimes it's you just do the opposite thing and do the wrong thing, and then you push them a little bit farther away. So you see a lot of kids, um, the roller coaster that they go through, and they're just growing up because they're kids. So <laughs> um, that's what you know, good tool to, to teach about life and everything like that. Um, so we have to right you know, you know another but there's a balance there's okay. a balance because but you but we definitely want to make them tough for life we don't want to you know coddle them the whole time so there's there's a 
there's a balance that we have to, you know, try to get to. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there's times where my, my, I can tell my son's taking a couple of days off and then we go to a game or a mm-hmm. tournament or a practice and he's not performing at where we know he can perform at. I'm like, hey, man, have you done this, this, and this the last few days? And I know the answer. I just want him mm-hmm. to be honest. <laughs> no. Hey, man, if you want us to be fully committed with you and take you here and take you there and this and that, then you need to be committed on your own too. That doesn't mean there needs to be myself or a skills coach next to you holding your hand while you do something. You got to get out there and grind on your own like I used to. And yeah. he'll be like, okay, he'll yep. jump back on the horse and do what he has to do. And like you said, you, yeah, yep. you can't coddle him. You got Sometimes you have to be real. You have to be very black mm-hmm. and white. You know, and it, it yeah. does hurt sometimes. You have to be very stern at that. But that's because y- you can't just give them the, oh, here, I'm going to hand you everything to success. No, you got you got to earn your success, too, on your own. Uh-huh. So what what about, Rich, like, strength training? Do, do you – because for me, as a dad and as a parent, I believe that's more important with the the sprints, the conditioning – the long distance running, the the lifting, the 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 uh, you know a lot of plyometric stuff at this age, I think that's just as important as just dribbling a ball and shooting. I'm just being honest. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. I, I think stability, uh, balance. Um, I like to you know if I did have if my son was playing basketball at you know, he had he was 12 or 11 years old, I definitely want him doing a lot of band work, um, uh, speed and agility stuff. I think that's what's most important in coordination at that, you know, not, not them using kettlebells. Even, like, I don't know, just the Vertimax stuff is pretty cool, I guess. But, you know, stay away from weights, especially at that age. But just doing, like, you know, I like to use, like, lateral bands when I'm doing ladder stuff. Um, just, you know, things like that to make them feel explosive. They will get, they will get explosive. Absolutely. But uh, I send, yeah, I have a kid, uh, I have a couple kids that I send to a, a local gym here and I, and I trust the guy he, he puts them on the turf and, and they're doing like you know that speaking jelly stuff so I think that's really important for the kids for the kids uh, coordination okay yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in the whole fitness realm for the kids you know getting them stronger mm-hmm. um, getting their mindset there um, I, I just think it's I just think it's it's really really beneficial I really do I honestly feel like it's it's a mental thing. They they feel like they have a mental edge when they go there too because it's like it's not really a placebo effect because they're actually getting faster and they're getting you know they're they're they're, they're mind and their body they're connecting they know what they want to do now they know how to move they're moving stronger and faster. Um, but you see the change in the kids like oh yeah he's been going to this this guy so I lo- I love the strength and conditioning guys for the kids or girls. Um, because they just they just look look a lot more confident and they take contact more too. So yeah, I like it's it. A good thing. Yeah. Now the social media, like you brought that up earlier, with like you know watching Slam and Overtime and all that. Like I try to tell my son because he watches that too. Like I'd rather him go on YouTube and watch some college set basketball plays where they're running a set mm-hmm. or or on the NBA or they're running a set, not just watching all these highlights. Because I tell him, dude, you look at these highlights and you see like. Like you said, young mellow ball, and you're like, dang, you know, I gotta shoot like that. I gotta be like, it's like, but how many misses did he have? How many turnovers did he have before that highlight really came through? Like you're not seeing the real yeah. picture. You're not seeing the real picture. So for me, mm-hmm. I'm not about all that social media BS. 
watching that because to me it's just fake. It's like go watch an actual set of like players that isn't uh-huh. just a highlight of one player. It's a because when you when you're out on the court, it's a team effort. Yeah. You know, you might yeah, have to I, be the guy that's moving the ball around, and then you get the cut or the flash, and, you know, the ball comes to you, and, and you got a wide-open shot. You might have set a pin uh-huh. down. You might have rolled and popped out another shot. It's all different. Like, wouldn't you rather wa- yeah. have them watching that versus watching just some random highlights? I think, okay, so first of all, with the social media thing, I think, first of all, you have to admire the people that are doing it because it did take them time. Um, so it's 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 different. Than what I'm explaining to you, it's like you gotta admire what they accomplished and the type of skill they achieved. But at the same time, and the kids gotta realize it, it took hours and frustration. And like I was saying earlier, like going through emotions of you know things not going their way and then them being successful. And then there's another thing we admire, them, right? But then they have to realize, like, will I actually use this in a basketball game? No. Probably you know not. You, you're, you know, the majority of it is, it's like for a pickup, like pickup basketball, or you know, it, it's not, it's not realistic when it, you go to to, to to basketball games. That's why sometimes at the eleven U level, at the twelve U level, you see a kid like <laughs> come down court and do a sham god. I'm like, bro, like that, you you won't do that in the game. Like, and I stop everybody and say, hey, guess what? So I'm getting you guys ready for high school, college, hopefully professional, and I just gotta let you know. As soon as you do this, this will happen. Or I say balls up, bring it in the middle, and then you take another shot. Then a coach will have you on the line. You know, well, especially high school coach from when you know we grew up. So I'm getting you prepared for the real, like a real game. So these type of moves that they see on social media, they're like I said, you know, we can't, we can't hide them because they're going to see them anyway. The kids are going to see them. But you got to let them know that the majority of that stuff you won't be able to get away with in a game um but it's it's inev- it's inevitable man they're gonna they're gonna see it and they're gonna try to do it you just gotta let them know like that's cool man you know that dude's really talented but at the same time you know when you talk about genetics too like this dude might be super athletic and you just dunk on somebody after a, a sham god crossover or, or a pro hop and then he just reverses and stuff like that like sometimes you know, these kids aren't gonna be able to do these things um so we have to let them know like this is you know, you can work to to do something that's work to do something that you can do in a game, but at the same time, it's like this is out of the question. Like, you, you got to be real. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and that, that's what I try to teach my son. You know, a lot of the times, you know, I love the Euro. It's a nice move. You know, but like I tell my son, I go, man, just take the ball like a freight train, and just if you don't want to go straight up, jump stop. Head fake, go yeah. up, or just jump stop. You can bump them off the jump stop with your shoulder, your inside shoulder, and then you can finish off with the outside hand. I'm all, I'm all, if you just keep the game simple, because two points is two points. Three points is three yeah. points. I'm all, it's all the same. It's just you're just trying to do it more in a flashier way. But in reality, yeah. with your footwork or your athleticism, you're just making the game harder for yourself. Is that Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the most important thing, I think, is the initial move. So if you don't get your defender off balance off the initial move, then you didn't really good, do a good job of getting to the basket. That's why you're, you're, you're trying to – that's why you're having difficulty finishing at the rim. So that's what skill work is about. I mean, we go, we, we want football handling or finishing or whatever. But 
special move, whether it be a triple threat move, like a jab or a shot fake, if that jab or shot fake isn't effective and it's not credible, I don't believe you're actually going to shoot it or drive and then go the other way, then as a defender, I'm going to stick with you. So that's why they're going to the basket um, with contact, um, just taking a tough shot. So if you sell the first fake, you should be fine either to get a shot off in the mid-range or finish down low. And then when you get down low, when you're going downhill, you have a counter like a pro-op or even a euro. You know what I mean? Um, you should be fine. But but you definitely have to, to, to perfect stuff. That's why, you know, that's why everybody works out every day. Right, to get right. better at certain things. Absolutely. Um, I like that. Can, can, yeah. you, can you elaborate a little bit on um, you going to college and um, playing pro? Because I don't think we touched on that. I think we um, kind of glanced over that. But I'd like um, to talk about that. Okay. Um, well, I went to Grossmont Junior College after high, at high school. Um, I had terrible grades as a senior, as he throughout the whole my whole high school um, experience. And then, so I went to, to Grossmont Junior College, got a scholarship um, after my sophomore year, and then went to Sac State, uh, Sacramento State. So the year before I got there, they won like six games. And the year I got there, they won like thirteen or something like that. But that year I got there, there was an assistant coach that was Puerto Rican, and his last name was Colon. So if you know, you know. About Puerto Ricans and Panamanians, Dominicans, and, and we're, we're black. So the kid, the guy was black. He was light skinned, but his last name was Cologne. I was like, man, that's Cologne. That sounds. That's not. This dude is not African American. He's he's colored, but he's not African American. So I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Puerto Um That's a place that's east in Puerto Rico. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. My mom is from Ponce, and you know, my dad is Panamanian. Um. So, you know, I'm used to black people speaking Spanish in my house, you know what I mean? Right. So I was like, yeah, this dude, this dude is different. So he had, he knew an agent out in Puerto Rico, and the agent came, and at that time, um, we were able to play, college players were able to play professionally. So he came out um, one weekend, we played against Montana and Montana State. It was a home, home uh, we had two home games. So he came out, and I did, did really well. Um, and so he was like, okay, we're going to go spring, during spring break, you're going to come out, and you're going to practice with this team. Um, and at the time, uh, a team, it was born to my mom's hometown, uh, Carmelo Anthony was out there as a senior, and he was going to play for that team, da, da, da. and so he stayed with the national team, the U.S. national team, so um, I was, you know, yeah, he was with Ponte, so I, I went to another team, and then eventually he went to the U.S. national team, so I stayed with a team called Bayamont, which is in the metro area in San Juan. So I went out there for spring break, and I had like, Crazy! I don't know what the hell happened. I had like 32 points, 17 rebounds, and eight assists, or something like that. I had like an amazing game. I, I just, you know, every you know when things just come together, and I was just just floating out there. I was just gliding. It was just crazy. I was in a zone. And then so I came back home after my junior year. I was all league um, as a you know as a junior at Sacramento State. And then I redshirted my following year because I had bad grades. And then I played my senior year. So after my senior, year, um, I went to go play in Puerto Rico. Um, actually, by the way, my rookie year, um, I went to the finals and averaged like 13 points as a 20-year-old. And Good. it was crazy. Cause it, yeah, it was it was crazy. A lot of things I was doing back there, um, I just wasn't scared of anything, man, because I worked so hard. Um, and then that, that's been my, my thing my, my whole time. It's like I never really had a trainer. I either bought books or, or bought DVDs, and I learned through trial and error what works and what doesn't work. So you're talking about, you're talking about the age of 20. I'm 37 now, of always, and I just got done playing when I was 35, 36. Um, just all about trial and error, about research, about 
know, I remember in high school, I remember going to the library, reading books about, you know, basketball fundamentals because I just wanted to learn. I used to work out during during lunch my junior year and I didn't play. Um, so, yeah, so after um, my first year as a pro, my second, excuse me, my second year as a pro in Puerto Rico, I went to a camp in China. And uh, actually camp in Oregon to, to go to be drafted in China. So I got drafted in the second round um, to play in the CBA. So I was about 23, 24 in China, my first job. And um, I was out there for seven months, and it was money was really good. But as a kid, man, I was like, you know, it's crazy being away from home. People don't understand, like, oh, I'm just going to go overseas. I'm going to go overseas. Like, yo, going overseas is like, you know, if you're not a top-paid player, it's a, it's a grind. It's like, honestly, for like going to jail. Like, you go away to jail, you come back <laughs> you come back home from going overseas, and it's like you don't know what music's in, you don't know what fashion, because, you know, at the time the Internet wasn't really – popping like that right so it's like you're, you're grinding you're stressing it's like but it's all about basketball that's when you really develop love for the game man. um so you hear guys now like yeah i played overseas or i'm thinking about going overseas and you know agents like man you do you know the grind the dedication um that it takes to, to actually stick in and you know overseas so um china was you know tough um learning experience for me and i'm happy i went through it um then i played uh Played in Germany. Uh, before Germany, I was in the D League. I was there for a month with the, with the defenders. Um, last cut, I got cut. Um, that was a tough experience, but you know, you just grow from it. Then I went to Germany. Um, played in Poland. Played in Cyprus. Uh, played in Argentina. Played in Dominican Republic, and I played 14 seasons um, in Puerto Rico. So I played on the national team for about four years. Uh, played in the Pre Olympics. We didn't qualify to go to Beijing in 2008. I played with Carlos Arroyo, JJ Barrera, Danny Santiago. Oh, wow. Larry Ayuso. So, That's yeah, great. Man, it's, it's been played against a lot of ex-NBA players. Uh, and, a lot, you know, you learn a lot playing overseas because you play against, you play with and you play against NBA players and they tell you their stories of why they didn't make it. So I'm, get, I'm gathering all this information. I'm ready, you know, I'm thinking when I go back home, you know, I'm going to go back and, and teach kids and, and put out all this information I have, things that I've learned from myself and listening to guys that, you know, were older than me at the, you know, when I was 20, 21, 22. And uh, it's just been, you know, just just a, a you know, I was blessed to, to enjoy all that and experience that. Yeah, that's great, man. I love that. Um, what was the best piece of advice you did get from a coach or from a player that was older than you um, while you were overseas? Um... That's a good one, man. That's a really good question. Um, a couple. Uh, Jim Herrick, he, he won um, at UCLA, I think, in 95. Uh, he went to Puerto Rico, and he was training this guy, and I, and I was a part of the workout. And he stopped the workout. This kid was drafted by the, by the Nuggets in 2004. And um, he was trying to get back in the league. And I was doing pretty good in the workout. He was, too. And the kid was kind of, I wouldn't say lazy, but he was kind of like kind of floating. And the dude stopped the workout, and he was like, hey, listen, um, let me talk to you for a minute. Guys, bring it in. He was like, so what do you want? What do you want for your mom? What do you want for your dad? And he was like, I want to buy him a house. I want to do this. Da, da, da. He was like, oh, okay. But guess what? How Exactly how you want more, the fans want more. You have to give more to get more. And it's like you have to produce more energy. You have to. That's why you eat good. That's why you rest. That's why you, you work out more. It's like to give more. So, you know, if you're not going to give, 
then you're going to be mediocre or you won't be even be in the league. That was something that stuck, that stuck with me and actually pushed me even more to work hard when I was playing because like, okay, cool. I want to support my mom. I want to send money back home. I want to live good. I want to buy a car. I want to buy a house. And I was able to do those things in Puerto Rico um, right. even before he said that. And then after he said that, I was like, I'm going to take it to another level. It's all good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have, off of confidence, um, Shimon Williams, he played in the NBA, uh, played in the University of North Carolina with Vince Carter, Anton Jameson, and guys like that. Um, I played with him in Cyprus. 2011 had a really good year. I was uh, actually regular season MVP. I led the, the league in scoring. Um, he told me, he was like, hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. I used to work. I used to really work every single practice. We had we had two practices a day. I used to come an hour and a half before each practice, and I used to do drills. I used to write stuff out. And uh, he used to say, "Hey man, you're the best player I've ever played with that wasn't in the NBA." And when he said that during the season, I was like, "Man, that took me to another level." Because he, you know, remember, I'm watching these guys um, on TV on you know channel on the CBS. Um, Channel 8 on Saturdays. Remember how that was? We used to wake up Saturdays and watch UCLA basketball, uh, North Carolina basketball, Duke and stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking at this guy like, man, I'm like, dude, this dude is an icon to me. Like, he's everything. Like, and he said that, I was like, man, that's just that confidence. So when he said that to me, I was like, okay, I got to tell kids how good they are when they do something good. Right. And keep them humble. But at the same time, they have to have positive reinforcement. So that's, uh, I, that was confidence. I was a confidence booster and it was actually advice that I'm using now when I see kids do something good because they get so frustrated easily now. Yeah. So those, I think those two things were the best advice. Um, that's the best advice that I've, I've had, that I had one as a player. Oh man. I like that. I like that. If you were going to, um, leave earth today and you were going to leave, uh, three core values, um, in a box written down on a note, what would those core values be? Um, um, be a man of your word. Follow through with yourself and other people. Um, I think mostly with yourself. Have a realistic goal and like hold yourself accountable every day. Don't beat yourself up. Like to this day now, it's like I wake up in the morning, I'm like it's I set the alarm before, like at night, like at four forty five. Like, All right, cool. I'll wake up. And as soon as you wake, you hear that alarm, you have a decision. It's like, well, remember, you got to keep your word because you. We're supposed to be working out. You're supposed to be staying healthy because I have a heart condition. And I'm like, all right, come on, get up, let's go. So you have to prepare yourself. Um, I, I set my clothes in the other bathroom so I don't wake up my wife when I wake up. So the night before, so I just have to make sure that I fall through on my word. And then when you tell somebody you can do something, like, hey, uh, can we work out Friday? I'm like, hey, man, I have I have a, I have a couple workouts. I'm busy. I have to spend some time with the family. Okay, cool. I probably wouldn't be able to do it, man. And then the people understand, but you don't say tell people, "Oh, we're going to do this, 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 and that." Don't follow through. And guess what? Then your word becomes fool's gold. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you become this clown that walks in the gym and say, like, "Oh, that dude just lies, man." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That dude just lies. You you can't trust that dude. And it happens, man. You see it. You know, college basketball, high school basketball, uh, youth basketball. So that that's one thing. Um, the next thing would be. Um, Uh, through work ethic, build self-esteem and confidence. Oh, I like and, that. And, yeah, through work ethic, because it's like, okay, cool. 
more that you force yourself to do something that you know you should do, it's, you're going to build self-esteem because you're going to you're going to respect yourself more. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, dang, I got up, and then when you then when it's done and you're going home, you're like, man, I, I feel good about myself. Like the first time I did Bikram yoga, that's a heated yoga. I'm, I'm in a locker room, like it was like 107 degrees temperature, and you're like, man, that's an accomplishment. Those little accomplishments build up and they build confidence and self-esteem. Then all of a sudden, when I'm playing against somebody else, it's like this dude didn't go through what I went through and didn't go through the detail I went through and I feel good and I'm confident my body feels good so my mind, body, my mind and body is connected and it's like this dude can't do anything against me and it's, he's just confident so I think you know through consistency and, and work ethic you build self-esteem and confidence that's another thing uh, one more Andre you got you put me on, on, on the spot man <laughs> uh, shit uh, let me see um Take care of your body. Okay. Take 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 care of your body. Uh, you know, I, I feel I just stop. You know, um, I trying trying to eat trying to stop eating meat. I've been going six weeks. Oh man, uh, without doing it. Eat, eat, yeah, eating more vegetables and and fruit and stuff like that. Um, different type of carbs and stuff. So I think you know, just take take care of your body because you know, you want to have a long life. And be, when you're when it's a, your time to go, it's like then you know what. I did it at a high level, whether it be off the floor, um, you know, feeling good, having energy to be with your family and your friends and hanging out. Um, and then when you're on the floor as a trainer or a player, you have crazy, crazy energy. You're, you, people feel you when you walk in a room. You know, you, they, they, they see you glowing when you, when you come in a, in, a, in a room or in the gym. And just your quality of life, man, through your through your food and taking care of your body and not beating yourself up. You know, you see guys, as a pro, you see guys come in a league or any league that you're in and just, you know, hanging out and drinking and smoking and eating fried foods and eating late. That stuff, you know, that stuff adds up, man. And those you see those guys don't amount to what they should have been or they don't even make it. You know what I'm saying? So I would say take care of your body um, and watch what you, watching what you eat and researching you know, always Oh, man. Always. Always.